Hey, what's going on guys? So in this video I wanted to cover basically the step-by-step -step process that you need to go by just to build like a very attractive six-pack and uh, basically everything that goes into that. So I do have some notes over here so I don't forget to cover anything. Um, first thing that we need to cover is let's go ahead and cover the anatomy of the core or the midsection, okay? So a lot of people, they think it's just the rectus abdominis or the front of the abs that you typically see. But there's a lot more that goes into the midsection and kind of building very aesthetically appealing abs. So one, we have the rectus abdominis, which is kind of like right in front. That's the, that's the typical one that people think of when they think of six-pack abs. But then you also have like on the sides, the internal and external obliques. Within the core, like under the rectus abdominis, you have this thing called the transverse abdominis. And that kind of uh, basically goes horizontally like across your entire midsection and acts basically as kind of like the weightlifting belt, your natural weightlifting belt. But it also has like a lot of uh, things that uh, function aesthetically also in your core and we'll kind of go over that in a second. So then you have the quadratus lumborum, that's basically your lower back. And under the rectus abdominis, under the transverse abdominis, you have this thing called like a psoas as well. Okay, so they all kind of work together to create a visually appealing six-pack, okay, or kind of like a visually appealing midsection. You have to kind of develop all of them in symmetry with one another to really bring out the aesthetics of that midsection. So basically put, let's go ahead and kind of go about how to do that. So there are like a few easy steps. Uh, the first step is actually not an exercise. So we'll cover like individual exercises you can do for the specific muscle groups in a second. But the most important thing you could actually do when training abs from a training perspective is actually master your breathing during the specific motion. Okay, that's going to be actually key and the most important thing you can possibly do. And uh, I see this neglected constantly, like people just doing these kind of like explosive movements where they're not concentrating on their breathing, they're not timing their breathing out with their movement. So, in short, here is kind of like a really quick demo. Let's just say, very, very simple, you're doing a basic crunch, okay? So, during, which I wouldn't recommend doing that exercise, but it's just kind of easy to describe the breathing pattern uh, for that exercise. So, let's say you're doing a crunch, and let's say you're in a straight, kind of flat position on the ground. Now, what you want to do at the peak of the movement, meaning at like at the very top where you attain that maximum contraction point, is you want to make sure you have all the air out of your body at that point. So as you're moving up, you're gradually exhaling out while simultaneously getting a voluntary deep contraction in the midsection. So for instance, in that case, you'll be targeting the rectus abdominis, the front of the abs. So you'll be really mentally focused in that area and getting that deep contraction. And more importantly, you're actually timing out your breathing pattern with the amount of movement you're doing. So as you, at the bottom, before you begin to move, there is a lot of air in your body. As you gradually move up, so 20% of the way up, 20% of the air is out of your body. 80% of the way up, 80% of the air is out of your body. And it's gradual, it's not fast, it's not like It's kind of like As you get to the peak, meaning the very top portion of the crunch, where you don't have any more range of motion, that's when you that's when all the air out of, that's when all the air should be out of your body and you should be able to contain uh, attain that maximum contraction point in your rectus abdominis now at that point okay you inhale on the way down but 
you actually maintain the contraction of the abs as well. Then when you get to the, to the bottom, meaning the floor point, then you do that again. So you exhale out, going nice and slow, and then getting that deep contraction at the top, okay? So that's very important. That deep, deep flexion uh, is what's going to get those muscle fibers firing. And it also makes the exercise a lot safer for you as well because you're not just going through ballistic movements back and forth. That mind-muscle connection we talked about uh, during that demo is also super important as well. You have to really be feeling it in that muscle group that you're targeting and you have to be very, very focused as well. So don't let kind of people in the gym distract you or any of that stuff, okay? So breathing is key. For the most part, it doesn't really matter too much what exercise you do for a specific muscle group, just as long as you really master that breathing point, okay? Now, in terms of actual exercises, uh, let's start off with kind of the upper abs, so the rectus abdominis. A few exercises you definitely want to stay away from, at least doing consistently, is any exercise on a decline bench or any exercise where you're doing a sit-up on the ground. This is actually kind of really strenuous on the discs of your lower back, so like the L1 through L5 region. Nothing's going to happen, obviously, if you do it from time to time, but if you do continue to keep those in the routine, you will have some serious lower back disc issues, most likely, especially if you kind of lift a lot as well on top of doing those. Okay, it's like very, very bad for your lower back. So some exercises that you want to do for the upper abs that are safe to do are a crunch on the stability ball, okay? This kind of keeps your back basically in a neutral position where, in fact, it actually keeps it in a semi-hyperextended position and the maximum point of which you're going to get an extension is going to be just a neutral position, but the rectus abdominis is still going to be engaged heavily as well. So that would be one example, okay, of how to hit the upper, upper abs. Another example would be to do something like the roller or like stir the pots. Those are all great movements as well. So I'm sure you can find like a million and five demos of those on YouTube, so I don't have to kind of go into details here. But I will make some, um, I will make some videos in the future about how to specifically master the angles of those exercises. So, um, so basically you can kind of get those angles perfect and thus bring out the most definition in your abs. For the lower abs, uh, something you would want to do is, for instance, on the decline bench leg raises. Those are, those are going to be great for the lower abs. That's my favorite to go to movement. Another more advanced movement would be where you're doing a lower leg raise on a decline bench. So in this case, you're on your back. Uh, I'm sorry, not on a decline bench, but on a stability ball. So in this case, you're on your back. You're kind of grabbing the bench or grabbing some kind of bench behind you, and then you're kind of lifting your legs up and down. That's that's a really good one, especially to work those stabilizers as well. But that's kind of more of an advanced one. Uh, the most practical one to use, and that's totally fine to use, is just that decline bench variation. And just be careful, especially if you have kind of lower back issues, on getting that hyperflexion at the very end of the range of motion. You want to always try to keep your spine in as much of a neutral position as possible, especially if like your main focus for fitness is like lifting weights, especially if you're including a lot of deadlifts and a lot of squats. You don't want that excessive bending of the lower back because all that does is weaken your, your discs over time. You might gain short-term results in terms of like an aesthetic appeal to your abs, which you could easily do with exercises that keep your spine in a neutral position, but at the cost of the health of the discs of, those lower, uh, of the lower back. So, uh, once again, we covered the upper abs, which is great. We covered the lower abs. That creates that aesthetic appeal, especially that kind of V at the very bottom. And uh, 
let's cover the sides, so the obliques. We have the internal, external obliques. Once again, you want to avoid exercises that create excessive kind of torque and bending and flexion of the, of the back, especially under load, especially if you're doing those exercises with a lot of weight. You want to try to train your abs, but kind of keep them in a neutral position. That's key. Now, once again, if you do a, the, kind of like a decline bench or those exercises from time to time, it's going to be okay, but don't build a habit of relying on those exercises. So for the side of the abs, one thing I really like is just kind of laying on a stability ball or a buso ball uh, on the side and then kind of crunching up and down, side to side. And once again, getting that deep mind-muscle connection and really heavily relying on the breathing patterns. That's going to be key. That's the most important thing, okay? Really time out that breathing with the sequence of the movement. Really rely on those heavily, uh, heavily voluntary contractions. That's key. Uh, another thing that I didn't cover in the beginning was in terms of like repetition ranges for abs, you shouldn't have to do any more than like 8 to 10 reps for abs. If you're kind of find yourself doing like 20, 30, 40 repetitions, most likely um, you're not getting those really deep contractions, you're not relying on that breathing, and it's not going to be that effective for you anyways. There's no point in doing pretty much any rep range higher than 10 reps for the abs in my opinion. And I keep all my clients 10 reps or below. And you can check out their after pictures, pretty much all of them that wanted to drop down to a very low body fat percentage and have six-pack abs, got six-pack abs doing that. So uh, you don't have to do those high rep ranges. So don't be stuck in, the, in those things. So another thing you can do is kind of um, not the most effective for the obliques, in my opinion, once again, the side of the abs, but kind of doing a cable core rotation where you're kind of rotating the weight from one side to the other. That's also another... Good exercise, moreover, for functionality, but I like to, especially when bringing out the aesthetic appeal of those abs, is really kind of like isolate the muscle as well as you can. It's not like the most functional thing to do, but when you're looking for aesthetics, especially when you're looking to maximize a specific muscle group, the aesthetics of that specific muscle group, I think isolation and that mind-muscle connection can't be beat. I think that's the way to, that's the way to go. Uh, for the lower back, okay, that's all part of the equation too. You need a strong lower back, especially if you're doing like a lot of work for the rectus abdominis, you need to balance it out with having a strong lower back or quadratus lumborum, okay? That's huge because that's going to help prevent lower back and lower back pain or lower back injuries in the future. But one thing you want to do is stay away from kind of like lower back extensions when you're doing that. Once again, that kind of uh, twisting and flexing, or rather extension and flexion, especially under load, if you're doing it a lot of, uh, if you're doing it with a lot of weight, is going to be really tough on the discs of those back. You're definitely going to most likely develop some kind of back issues if you include those in your routine on a consistent basis. So, one thing I would recommend for the lower back is just to do farmers carries or suitcase carries or bottoms up, uh, bottom ups are also great. I'm sure you can find plenty of things online regarding that. But those all keep your spine, once again, in a neutral position. They are great for training the lower back, okay? And uh, moreover, they're going to get your lower back ready to do things kind of like a lot better, like a squat or a deadlift. And including those exercises in your routine obviously increases the aesthetics of your entire body by creating denser legs and also a denser, wider back, which makes your midsection look a lot more narrow. So it is important to include those exercises, I feel, in a routine because they indirectly benefit you actually creating that more narrow 
uh, midsection appearance, okay? Because it's not all about the abs, okay? Uh, because there's, uh, it, especially if you're kind of like a smaller frame, there's only so much body fat you're going to lose. So eventually to create that optical illusion of having really uh, lean, V-tapered, really ripped abs, you're going to need kind of a wider upper body, okay? Like thicker legs, thicker glutes, all that stuff. It kind of works hand in hand. You got you to think of it from like an artist perspective, okay? That's how you kind of develop the body. Uh, the transverse abdominis, now this one pretty much no, most people don't even know about, but it's probably the most important, they're all important, but in my opinion, the most important muscle group in your entire core. And that's basically a sheet of muscle that flows around your entire midsection um, under all the muscle groups. So under the rectus abdominis, uh, yeah, it, it's right there. And it basically, its main role is actually to stabilize the core. Uh, to stabilize the core rather, but moreover to stabilize the lower back during during heavy lifts. If you look up like core bracing during a squat or a deadlift, you will understand the importance, and I'll be covering that later in another video, but you will understand the importance of bracing your core and the importance of the transverse abdominis. Uh, for that one to train, it's like pretty simple for the most part. You can kind of like just suck in your belly button, even under slight load, and that would train the muscle group. Also, another plus of the transverse abdominus is you can't actually get the rectus abdominus to grow in size. But if you have like a very flat midsection and you don't have those deep valleys that kind of create that very sharp six-pack look, one thing you can do, and the transverse abdominus does hypertrophy, it does grow in size, is grow that muscle group and it will actually push out your transverse abdominus slightly and or quite a bit, or, and create those deeper looking valleys. So if you want that like sharp six pack look where you have those very deep valleys, obviously you need a low body fat percentage, but another thing you can do is train your transverse abdominus for a bit more size so it kind of pushes out those muscle groups. But you gotta be careful because if you're already kind of like very square shape to your body, you probably don't wanna be exaggerating the appearance of the midsection even more. So for that tip, I would recommend for people that are kind of like very skinny in frame around the midsection, just need a little bit more bulk or a little bit more of a muscle appearance to kind of give more volume in that area, basically. So that's one way they could achieve that. On top of just using very, very light weights, but again, breathing is key, okay? Just like we covered in the beginning, breathing is gonna be the most important thing to really maximize the contraction of those muscle groups and really get them working and developing. Um, this isn't technically part of the core, but the serratus interior, where it's kind of like the muscles near the ribs, this is actually like a super important muscle to develop because it aesthetically flows into your, your core, okay? Your rectus abdominis, your obliques, it just kind of puts that finishing touch on it. So this muscle group is actually very important to train as well. Uh, and a lot of people neglect it also. And then it looks like there's a disconnect between like the chest then there's like no muscle, and then basically there are muscle on the abs. So you want the chest to be muscular, obviously, but then you want the serrats to have those lines, those deep grooves, like it looks like a claw or something, and then it flows straight into your, your abdominal area. And basically for that one, it's pretty easy. It's any pullover motion. So you can do a dumbbell pullover, you can do a cable pullover, etc. So all those motions hit the serratus like very well, and I would definitely include, it's also good as long as you're careful with it, and also keep a lot of things in mind, everyone is a little different, uh, it's also good for maintaining your shoulder health as well. So, yeah, let me look at my notes here. Yeah, so another thing is, 
when thinking about your entire program in total, if you're kind of like a blockier shape, meaning like more of like a square type of physique, you definitely want to uh, exclude certain exercises like an overhead standing overhead barbell press okay because especially if you're doing core bracing that's going to help increase the size of your transverse abdominis too much and it's going to push everything out too much so if you're already kind of like a square then basically what ends up happening is you end up turning into instead of a square like a triangle where the midsection is kind of very bulky and then the shoulders can't expand too much like presuming you've already maximized their potential through weight training and then you kind of become like a triangle and it's an upside down view where if you want those really ripped abs, those aesthetically appealing abs, you want more of like that upside down V instead of an upright triangle. Okay, so an overhead barbell press is one example of what could expand that core quite a bit, especially if you're doing core bracing. But then on the other hand, if you're that kind of like very skinnier frame that doesn't have those kind of muscular looking abs, then maybe that exercise would help you. So it really depends on your body type, and your story. Like, what are you trying to do? Any one tip won't work for pretty much anyone. So you really have to take all these tips into consideration and then think about, like, how could I apply them to successfully achieve my, my personal goal? And it takes some trial and error, too. I've been trying stuff over the years myself. A lot of it doesn't work, but then some of it does work. But over the years, you accumulate stuff that keeps working, and all of a sudden, you have, like, a successful game plan for you and what works specifically for you. Because uh, that's one of the tough parts of looking for stuff online. It's a lot of times people just saying what well, works for them and then you can try it. It'll give you short-term results, no doubt. I guarantee you it will, but long-term it's not going to work unless you really do that introspective work and find out specifically what works for you. So on top of all those exercises, the main thing is having a low body fat percentage. You definitely want to be at a minimum of 10% body fat or lower. Okay, that's the only real way you're going to see those like visible six-pack abs. But that's also a little bit tricky too, okay? Because you're if you're already like on the skinny side and you don't have too much muscle mass, getting your body below 10% might create those abs, but the problem is is once again you can't have that V taper because you don't have enough musculature on your upper body or your legs to support that X-frame or that V tapered physique. So, in this case, I would recommend that person to think long-term, okay? Try to gain maybe 10, 15 pounds of muscle over a three-year period, four-year period. Basically, naturally, unless you're like super new and have like newbie gains, you're probably looking at gaining two to three pounds of muscle per year. If you really dedicate yourself, I think you can do four to five pounds with a good program. So basically, uh, two, to, two to three years down the line, you will have that, that extra 10 to 15 pounds. Now you can slim down a little bit, chisel away below 10% body fat, and then once again, now you've achieved that V-tapered appearance, and you have those abs. That V-tapered appearance gives the optical illusion of those abs being even more prominent. So there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. Don't just focus on how could I get my abs to look great. Focus on how does the total picture look? How does my whole physique look in this entire equation? That's That's where that kind of that's where that beautiful physique comes in, okay? Don't focus on one exercise, just look at the look at the whole entire picture. In terms of your body fat, I mean, you can kind of look in the mirror oftentimes, but if you really want to be objective and analytical about it, you can get a thing called a DEXA scan. I'm sure you can find tons of these locations pretty much anywhere by Googling them. 
it's maybe like 60 or 70 bucks and you basically lay on a table and they kind of scan your body and they give you a, a body fat percentage as well as like other cool data and then you just go from there let's say you're 200 pounds and you're 20 percent body fat so you would have 40 pounds of fat so in this case to get down to 10 uh, 10 percent you need to lose 20 pounds of fat uh, look at it that way, okay? And at two pounds per two pounds per week, let's say with a good training program, a good routine, a good trainer, uh, it'll take you X amount of weeks, ten weeks to achieve that goal. Ten weeks, ten to twelve weeks, depending on everyone's a little bit different. So, ten to twelve, ten to twelve weeks, and then you're like, okay, so I need to lose twenty pounds, two pounds a week is going to take me about ten weeks, and then I should be at ten percent. Now to have really chiseled abs, I would definitely recommend dipping down to like eight, seven, or six percent, but that's only gonna be maintainable short term. I think 10% is a low number, but it could actually be maintained all year round. Uh, although honestly, for muscle gain, I would recommend probably maintaining somewhere between 12 to 15%, but that's a that's a different topic we'll, we'll cover in another video. So I hope that clears it up in terms of like having a general direction and a good a uh, good idea of how to train the abs to enhance their aesthetics and enhance their visual appearance. Uh, let me know in the comments section if you have any questions. I'll be happy to answer them and hope this video helped you out.